This episode of 1514 is brought to you by the BCC's Building Bridges campaign. Help us build unity by creating connection in the biblical counseling world by supporting us monthly. Go to biblicalcc.org, click on the donate button, and sign up to support us today. Thank you. Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 15:14, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is the first in a series of podcasts highlighting the history of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. November of 2020 marks the 10th anniversary of the founding of the BCC, so I wanted to go back to interview people who were there at the beginning and talk to them about what it was like and how the BCC came into existence, uh, how it has been developing over the last 10 years, and then to look ahead at the future of the BCC and what things they're excited about as we look to what God is going to do with us in the future. This episode is with Bob Kellerman, who is my grandfather in the executive director role, the founder and uh, initial executive director of the BCC. And he shares a little bit about what led to the creation of BCC and how it's developed since then. I hope you are really blessed by today's episode and blessed by the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Thank you for listening. Welcome to 1514. It's a pleasure to have you with us today listening. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. We hope that you enjoy it and it encourages you to go back and check out other episodes in our archives. If you've been listening for a while, we really appreciate your loyalty and uh, want to encourage you, if you're not a BCC partner, to jump on to the Biblical Counseling Coalition website and find out more about that opportunity, what it takes to become a partner, and what are the benefits involved with that. Partners are counselors or counseling ministries that love the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition and want to support what we do, but also receive some benefits like being listed on our website as a partner counselor and other things that are exclusive benefits for you. So be sure to check that out and sign up today. Today I have with me uh, Bob Kellerman, Dr. Bob Kellerman, who is the first executive director of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Bob, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Curtis. Great to be with you. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm excited today. We actually are going to be recording a couple of conversations, but to this one, we're talking about the history of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, uh, because this month of November is the marks the 10th anniversary of when the BCC was officially started. I know there are some previous meetings leading up to that, but uh, we won't jump into that too soon. But I'm really excited because you are, in a sense, we've joked about this before, my grandfather in ministry, you were the first executive director and then passed it on to Garrett and then on down to me. But for those who, who don't know you, and before we get into that part, uh, tell, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, sure. Interesting to think of me as your grandpa, uh, and that'll be part of my story. Too, Curtis. Shirley and I have been married for 40 years. And uh, two years ago, we moved from Northwest Indiana to the Seattle, Washington area to be Grandma and Pop Pop. And daughters who are now eight, six, and four. Uh, so our son and daughter in law live uh, within a mile of us. And then our uh, daughter, Marie, lives about half an hour away. So we all kind of are in the same area. We love being grandparents. Uh, Shirley and I really enjoy the Pacific Northwest. We love hiking and, and just the beauty of the area out here. 
in addition to kind of that family background, um, in terms of ministry, I work with Faith Bible Seminary in several roles. I'm the academic dean, dean of students, and that dean of students role, I love mentoring our students, supervising our counselors, and I'm also a professor of biblical counseling at the seminary. And then I also do my uh, writing, speaking, and consulting through my own RPM ministries. That's probably uh, some good background on family and ministry. I introduce myself a bit to our audience. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, because the other conversation record will actually be released before this one, we'll get into a little bit more about RPM ministries and things you do there. Um, but tell us a little bit about how how you became the first executive director, or really maybe back us up a little bit and tell us the seeds of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. How did the BCC actually come into existence? Sure. You know, as I understand it, because I wasn't on the ground floor of the first conversation, but there were a couple different outsiders, if you will, to the movement, uh, loving BC, but not necessarily leaders within the BC movement who would say to Steve Ayers, Garrett Higby, uh, David Paulson, and I believe it was at one of the NANC conferences when ACBC was NANC, and said something along the lines, you know, why do I really need to choose between all these great groups, NANC and CCF, and and it seems like sometimes there's tensions or maybe divisions between the groups or competition. Uh, you know, can you guys all get along and can there be something that brings all this together? Uh, so about that point in time, I was invited along with probably three dozen different biblical counseling leaders, a national and a few international leaders at that point, to attend a series of three or four meetings that uh, Steve Ayers hosted the first, uh, Garrett Higby hosted the second one. And we were really asking ourselves the question, uh, what unifies us and what could unify us more? And kind of the idea of TGC, the Gospel Coalition came up and, and the concept of could we have something similar that would unite biblical counselors, not in any way to take over, replace uh, any of the existing organizations, but be a support and be a unifier to those. And so one of the uh, main developments then, even before we kind of went live to the, to the world, is I had the real honor and privilege for nine months of working with three dozen BC leaders to develop what has become the Biblical Counseling Coalition confessional statement. Uh, what people don't know is that what they see went through 10 drafts. Mm. I went through nine months, um, a lot of work behind the scenes. As you can imagine, taking three dozen strong leaders and developing a document that really defines in those 12 points, what's our boundary set, if you will? This is what we're saying we all agree upon. Uh, this is what we're saying will be a positive presentation of what biblical counseling is all about. Uh, so once that was launched, then we were ready to go public, make announcements. I believe it was even at the one of the faith Bible seminary or faith churches, uh, BCTC conferences that we uh, first announced the launch of the BCC. And as you know, we're coming up now on our, our 10th anniversary of that launch. Yeah, it's a really exciting, exciting to hear that and exciting to, to benefit from the 10 years uh, leading up to that. So these conversations were happening. You mentioned faith and faith is a big continues to be a big supporter of uh, the Biblical Counseling Coalition. They they help host actually a lot of our financial finances and help us with many, many things. And and Steve Viers, uh is on our board of directors and a, is a big proponent for the ministry. And you and he have a, a long history as well, right? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, we do. In fact, I've known Steve now for about 55 years. 
uh, when I was six years old and going to first grade and uh, Steve was five years old and uh, going to kindergarten, we would walk to school together uh, about a mile. Of course, you know how that was. We walked uphill both ways in, in a blizzard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so Steve and I go back a long ways. In God's sovereignty, we both were saved in the same church. It's actually a church where uh, Pastor Bill Good was, who's, mm-hmm. of course, one of the founders of the Nuthetic Biblical Counseling Movement. So Steve and I do go back a long way, and we have a dear friendship. He's one of my uh, dearest friends on the planet to this day. That's that's wonderful. And it's great to see the partnership and ministry that still continues to uh, between the two of you. So I really appreciate that. Uh, was that part or, or of why you became the executive director? What led specifically to you uh, being in that role? Yeah, it certainly was. You know, as Steve was talking to Randy Patton and Garrett and David Paulson and, and some of the other kind of founding leaders of the BCC, they were looking for somebody that had kind of a combination of gifts, obviously committed to biblical counseling, uh, a pastor, shepherd, heart, an organizer, somebody who's a collaborator that likes to bring people together and build bridges. And Steve, knowing me, really identified me to the team as someone like that. And I really appreciate Steve's confidence in me. Of course, one of the things that we talk about my becoming that executive director, I'm a big one, Curtis, as you know, as you've gotten to know me, talking about the elephant in the room. Uh, while Steve knew me and respected me, uh, in some ways, I was a little bit of an unusual choice to be the founding executive director of the BCC. And, and the reason for that is about five, six years previous to that, I had launched a biblical counseling division of the American Association of Christian Counselors, which is a Christian integrative group. And obviously that can create some concerns among biblical counselors about my, you know, have I been vetted as a, a true biblical counselor? Uh, my, my commitment when I was with the AACC was really bringing a biblical counseling focused DNA into the ministry there. We were able to have folks like Steve Byers, uh, Howard Irick, and many other longtime biblical counseling leaders write articles, uh, do interviews, book reviews to really bring BC into uh, that ministry. But it, it definitely was something that brought up questions. And if folks know Steve Ayers, they kind of know his style. Um, <laughs> yeah. If they would ask him a question, he'd be, have you talked about, have you read his stuff? Um, and so people that had questions uh, would talk to Bob to read my stuff. And, you know, there's a couple that, uh, I really appreciate that, that they came to me and basically said, hey, Steve, trust you. I trust Steve. I don't really know you that well yet. You work with the AACC. Tell me about yourself. And by God's grace, some of those folks now are some of my best friends on the planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of those use different of my materials that that I've written. Uh, But it was an interesting role. I, I can remember being at the CCF offices and six or eight of us talking about that. Am I pressing back one last time and saying, you guys sure you want me to be in this role? And I remember David Paulson saying, I think you're the exact right person because you're committed to BC. You attempted to build bridges with other folks and you'll be a good test, if you will, of people's ability to see beyond maybe association and really see someone's commitment to biblical counseling, building those bridges. That, that's some of the background that maybe folks have never known before, some of the behind the scenes about my being asked to be that founding executive director. Yeah, we've had we've had other council members who were some of those people that you mentioned who 
just knew you by reputation or knew your associations and, and seeing the AACC connection were cautious uh, mm-hmm. and, and maybe had some concerns, but they heeded the biblical advice of going to your brother and talking to them about uh, any disagreements you might have and have uh, come at, I think even some of them on our podcast said, yeah, I was, I was suspicious. I was cautious. But when I got to know Bob, really appreciated his perspective and love him as a brother. And I, I, to me, that just exemplifies what the BCC was created to do is to really build relationships with people. So there's less, um, there's more talking to one another than about one another and actually developing relationships instead of just presumption. So I really appreciate that. So um, when, what was that that process like? Was there a committee that voted and chose you, or did Steve just say, "This is our guy," and everybody listens to Steve because that's the way people are sometimes? Uh, <laughs> how did that actually happen? <laughs> yeah, well, if you know Steve, he, he would say sometimes, "If I were king for a day, yes. I would," <laughs> but he recognizes <laughs> that he's not. So it was a very collaborative process with the, the founding uh, board of the BCC, and it was a unanimous vote to asked me, and I think they respected the fact that I was pushing back a little bit to say, hey, make sure this is the right choice uh, for the, the organization. Uh, so, yeah, that happened at that meeting at CCF back, I guess, now 10 years ago. Wow, that's great. So what were, you mentioned already the the BCC confessional statement, and I appreciate the background in helping people recognize that that went through 10 revisions, and it was 36 different contributors. Um, it's not just one, it's not just Bob Kellerman's opinion of what are the essential elements of biblical counseling. It was a really great collaborative effort. What were some of your other primary goals and objectives in the early years when you were getting the BCC up and running? We had two R's, Curtis, uh, relationships and resources. So we, we talked about collaborative relationships and you already hit on a piece of that, that, that idea don't let's don't just talk about each other or talk behind each other's back. Let's talk to each other. So we really did a lot of things to move toward that. Uh, obviously, we had our annual meetings, which now are called our Leadership Summit. And that first time, I think we had 30, 32 of our 36 uh, council board members there, uh, two to three days to really get to know one another, where we're coming from. We had ministry teams back then. So you would work together with folks on blogs and book reviews, get to know people that way. Uh, we worked on our first uh, collaborative book, Christ-Centered Biblical Counseling. And that was an interesting process because almost every chapter was co-authored. Mm-hmm. And when you co-author a book, that's one thing. When you co-author a chapter, <laughs> that's a, a process you really have to work with people. And we were pretty strategic in, in putting people together, uh, people we thought would be a stretch maybe. Um so that was part of that process of getting people to talk to each other. So those collaborative relationships. And then the second R was uh, robust resources. You know, we had the blogs and for years we did uh, five posts a week for, you know, without interruption. We had uh, book reviews. We had free articles. We ended up doing three uh, initial books together, the Christ-centered mm-hmm. biblical counseling, scripture and counseling, biblical counseling in the church. And we really wanted to provide for people that positive presentation of what biblical counseling is about. I think we've been known as a movement, and in some ways, rightly so, that 
we want to take a stand for sufficiency of scripture, progressive sanctification. We want to speak against things that we do not think are biblical when it comes to helping people. I don't know if we were known as much for that positive presentation then of here's what scripture really says. Sufficiency of scripture is about the rich relevance or robustness of God's word. So we really wanted to communicate to people that uh, it is a multifaceted movement. It is not just one voice or, or hundreds and thousands of voices. And, and I think one other part of that goals and objective, Curtis, was really to expand the impact of the movement. Um, you know, once you get inside a movement and you see some growth, you know how everybody believes this. You know, I, at that time, I was teaching at, at adjunct at various evangelical seminaries, and I would mention some of the leading names in the biblical counseling movement, and they'd be met with, who is that? Yeah. Um, So we really had a desire to broaden the impact, the reach of biblical counseling into the evangelical world and the U.S., uh, across uh, the world, into seminaries, into Bible colleges. And I believe by God's grace over the last 10 years, uh, he's really allowed that to occur. Yeah, I think it absolutely has happened. And obviously there are lots of other factors besides the BCC, but one of the things I've loved is just seeing the down uh, downstream fruit of the ministry. I think David, before he passed away, described the BCC's ministry that way, that, that you know we might have a meeting and you don't see an immediate impact, but a year, two years, three years down the road, there's collaborative relations, uh, work being done by groups getting together who met there or a book that's coming out because people thought that was a really important topic and we want to see something like that happen. And, uh, I think the expansion of the ministry of biblical counseling worldwide has been a big part of the fruit that has come downstream from the, from those early years with you and, and the others who are involved in the, in the council board. The Biblical Counseling Coalition invites you to join us in building unity by creating connection in the world of biblical counseling. The Building Bridges campaign is designed to help us expand and strengthen the network of biblical counseling ministries around the world. Our goal is to add $3,200 of ongoing monthly donations by the end of 2021. Whether you can give $10 a month or $500 a month, your support will help us accomplish this great mission. Visit biblicalcc.org, click on the donate button, and sign up to give today. What were some of the greatest challenges you faced um, in your role as the BCC executive director? Well, anybody who's launched uh, a brand new ministry knows just the launch logistic challenges. And there's really pretty much no staff. As you Mm -hmm. say, there's a volunteer staff that continues to this day from Faith Church to provide some help with, you know, accounting and issues of that, like that, and really appreciate that. But beyond that, I laugh and kid that wasn't just mom and pop it was just pop <laughs> uh, pretty much me um with obviously the the volunteer support of dozens of people so it was a pretty complicated process to get our website launched uh, to get blogs going uh, book reviews and we had a lot of activity with very busy biblical counseling leaders i think of uh, my dear friend kevin pastor kevin carson who's pastor doctor professor mm-hmm, kevin mm-hmm. carson and yep. Hey, so Kevin, write five blogs for us, do some book reviews, in addition to your being a senior pastor and chairing a biblical counseling program and speaking around the world. Uh, so trying to, to bring in active leaders like that 
in their busy ministries and ask them to volunteer time. And they were gracious to do it. But I felt a real sensitivity to their time. And we tried to spread out that that workload. Um, you know, another challenge and I guess another elephant in the room. We talked about the three or four meetings where three dozen people got together. I mean, truth be told, not every one of those individuals who were in those meetings chose to be part of the founding council board of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Now, I don't like to use terms like the left and the right of a movement, but maybe that's a, a shorthand way of describing. Some thought maybe we were too conservative, too right. Some thought maybe we were too left and allowing too many different people in. Uh, so that was a challenge where you're launching a movement to really bring people together. And honestly, some disappointment in it understanding and respecting folks that for whatever reason would decide and and almost to a person, hey, we want to pray and that God will bless what you're doing. But where we're at, we just don't really see that this is something for us. Now, what's kind of interesting about that is some of those folks uh, a couple of years later uh, joined the council board. Mm -hmm. uh, I think of one in particular who kind of has really been an ambassador to others that to say I was a little bit skeptical at first, but as I've seen this movement and the uh, commitment to sufficiency of scripture and positive presentation of biblical counseling, I'm honored to be a part of what's happening here. But, but initially, that was a little bit of a disappointment, not a shock, but a little disappointing. Yeah, no, I, I, I bet it would be. I The logistical challenges still remain today. I'm, I can't <laughs> imagine doing them all on my own. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for wading through those. Um, what are what were some of the experiences that brought you the most joy? What were the things that that you're most excited about your time here? Yeah, you know, some of those go back to those two R's: uh, the resources, hearing what a, a positive uh, impact they were having, and they're being used at some schools that prior to say Christ-centered biblical counseling wouldn't really use a book written by a biblical counselor. And again, that was one of the real goals that we had to, to expand the impact. So that was very exciting. To, and to this day, I'll get emails or um, text messages from folks. Hey, just read Christ-centered biblical counseling. Love uh, the approach in there. It's really opening my eyes to what biblical counseling is all about in a new and a fresh way. So that was exciting from the beginning. And then those relationships, that very first leadership retreat, now called the uh, Leadership Summit, and I think we called it retreat at the beginning because it really was. We wanted to retreat from a very busy world and two and a half days together to work on our relationships, uh, to do a lot of iron sharpening and to see folks who maybe before then might be those talking about each other in a circle together, in a small group, praying together, sometimes even weeping together over prayer requests, uh, either strengthening or just starting to initiate and build relationships. Those were, were really exciting. Uh, times for me. And it, it made all the work uh, worth it. And you know, not only the books, but the blog posts. Uh, again, as a executive director, I would get a lot of those emails. And honestly, I can't even think of negative ones. I'm sure there were negative views of different blog posts, but hundreds of people I had never heard of. And that blog post by Robert Jones meant so much to me. That blog post by Julie Ganshaw was so encouraging to me. Uh, so that was always a real joy for me to hear how uh, we were making such an impact on people's lives and ministries. Yeah, no, that's, I think those are some of the same things that I still find the most joy in as well. And I, I want to 
remind our listeners, those books are still out there. Actually, Christ-Centered Biblical Counseling is going to be releasing, we're releasing a second edition of that book uh, in early 2021 in the spring. It's actually the second edition. You can get the e-copy now, but the hard copy will be out in the spring of 2021. But uh, Biblical Counseling in the Church and Biblical Counseling in the Scriptures are great resources. I know a lot of professors who use them at different schools, at colleges and seminaries. And uh, I, the work that you did co- coordinating all those authors, I can't imagine what a monumental task that was, but it has definitely borne great fruit that will have lasting effects. So I appreciate that that work as well. Um, what are some of the what are some of the fundamental foundational elements that have remained and and kept the BCC moving forward? You've been able to, because you've remained involved, even though you aren't the executive director anymore, you're still on the council. I've tried to get you on the board of directors still, <laughs> but you're, you're resistant. So I, I've, I'm now using my pulpit to bully you into it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate your, your knowledge and wisdom and, and whatnot, but uh, you've been able to watch the ministry grow over the last 10 years. What are some of the things that have kept it going and growing? Well, I think the healthy leadership transition uh, from uh, Grandpa Bob to uh, to Garrett to, to you. Um, Garrett and I had a really interesting kind of transition where he came on as assistant uh, executive director, and then we swapped roles, and I was assistant, and he was executive director. You know, that doesn't always work well, but that worked beautifully. And Garrett and I have a great relationship. Uh, and then I stepped out of that role. Um, and I think under Garrett's leadership, one of the real uh, moving forward elements was the international part. And we had some of that. But since then, uh, he's really led in bringing international leadership to the council board, board of directors like Sasha Mendez on our board of directors. Uh, so that was great. And then Garrett's transition to you um, was really a uh, very healthy one. You know, I watched that happen as a council board member and just to see how you brought And one of the things I think you really brought, Curtis, as I read the different blog posts and see a new name, now, who is that person? And then I'll scroll down to the bottom, see their bio and and just appreciate how you've brought new younger voices in. We talk about a second and third, and now I think maybe a fourth generation of biblical counselors. Uh, so I think those are, are really things that have helped keep the, the thread going. And, you know, there's still people on the board of directors who were there from the beginning, uh, mm-hmm. Garrett, uh, Steve Byers, Randy Patton, and and you mentioned my resistance, and just so our audience knows, that's only because <laughs> of busyness of ministry. I've been yep. incredibly tempted to uh, come back on, but trying to be wise about what to say yes to, what to say no to. I would not want anybody to think there's any reason other than, than that. And that some of the new leaders that are dear friends of mine, you know, Deepak Raju, uh, uh, John Henderson, uh, Jeremy Pierre, I've mentioned already Sasha Mendez. Uh, these are just godly men that uh, really love the, the ongoing leadership. And even there again, the good transition um, from board of director leadership and throughout the ministry. So, so a lot of things that have really made it possible to keep the, the BCC going and growing. Yeah. What, um, and yeah, obviously tongue in cheek there with, uh, I think what you said there even just exemplifies 
your your humility and I think the humility of Garrett too is part of the reason why there have been some great such great transitions in leadership. And uh, we we know that you're a busy guy and want to respect your time, <laughs> but uh, I still call you and pick your brain. So there you go. You're a de facto member. <laughs> <laughs> whether you want the that. title or not. So um, how have you seen, th- those are some of the things that have helped the ministry stay stable and to grow and to move forward. Uh, how has how have you seen it changing over the years? I think I touched on that a little bit, Curtis. Uh, Garrett really bringing that international flavor when we're at the leadership summit, and I'm sure I'll miss some of the countries and, and you can maybe add some, but I was just thinking out loud before this interview, We have folks from Germany, uh, the DR, England, Australia, Mexico, Brazil, Belgium, and and again, you can add others. So just to see the international flavor that we have. And and I I always find it exciting to hear the perspectives. We can get very much that there's only one way to think about biblical counseling, and it's the American way. And Canada, of course, is another one. It's obvious. We have several Canadian members. Um, My Good friend Betty Ann Van Reese would be remiss if I didn't mention. Also <laughs> in also in Mexico, India, South Africa, just to just to make sure we don't offend anybody. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We've left ever anybody out. Uh, so that's been a, a great addition, and we can learn so much. Talk about iron sharpening iron to get the Brazilian perspective on BC and collaboration uh, is really really helpful. Um, and then, as I mentioned with you, I just really appreciate the new voices. I think, you know, Curtis, I've always had a passion of, of mentoring younger uh, people into the ministry, helping them get to be authors. And one of the ways to do that is try out your writing voice in a, in a blog post before you do a whole book. So mm-hmm. to see some of these younger men and women uh, writing blog posts, book reviews that you brought in, and that's going to only help our movement, too. Uh, Hey, I'm getting, I, I am a grandpa. I'm pop pop. So, uh, <laughs> we've got to get folks your age and, and younger in the leadership of the movement. So I'm excited about those sort of uh, positive changes. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited about them as well. And it's, a, it's a, I feel like I'm a little bit trapped in the middle, uh, not to completely, you know, plug Paul Tripp's book, but, uh, I so value and appreciate being with, uh, those who are in the first and second generation of biblical counseling, and and one of my favorite things is being at this at the the retreat, the summit, and just connecting with people who I've been listening to them teach and read their books for decades now. Uh, but then also seeing the exciting future of what of the people who God is raising up to continue to grow our ministry. It's it's a great. Great opportunity. I'm excited to, to be in that role. As we think about moving on in the future, um, what do you think are some some potential obstacles or pitfalls that biblical counseling in general, or maybe the BCC in particular, might uh, keep our eyes open for? Sure. You know, with the BCC specifically, anytime something grows, it's hard to keep some of those relationships. That first summit had 30, 32 people there, and we could break up into small groups, and everybody had an opportunity to share. I think our last one, what, was in the 70s or something, maybe more. Uh, So it's great to see the the council board expand in numbers, but it does make it hard to stay connected and have the depth of relationships that we had before. So as an, an organization, a council board, as we grow to figure out ways to keep us connected 
uh, and to build those important iron sharpening, iron relationships, talking to each other, that are talking about each other. And I think as a movement as a whole, um, I think those from the outside that were saying to Steve and Garrett and, and David, hey, why, why can't you guys get along? I think we've seen a lot of growth in getting along, a lot of conversations with each other over the last 10 years. But, you know, we're, we're doing this interview in the year 2020 when everything, at least in America, is seems to be conflict, you know, yeah. election yeah. and Supreme Court justices and COVID and mask and and racial reconciliation and biblical counseling movement isn't exempt from those sort of tensions. I think we're living in an era where uh, everyone's choosing sides. So, mm-hmm. and that was why we really developed that uh, confessional statement to say, here's our boundary markers. Here's the essential things we all agree on. Now let's have healthy, mutually respectful conversations about things around the edges that we may not disagree on. So, so I think that potential pitfall is just continuing to work on the things that caused us to launch the movement, uh, the coalition from the beginning, which is, can we talk to each other respectfully? Can we learn and grow from each other? Even at the end of the day on some of those secondary issues, we may need to agree to disagree a little bit. Yeah, that's a good word. I mean, I think there's lots of reason why uh, the call for unity and the call to protect unity and pursue unity in the New Testament is pretty prevalent theme uh, as Paul's writing to the churches because it's a constant need. <laughs> so that's a good word for us to keep keep that front and center. And we, we appreciate that. Um, what, when you think about the future of the BCC, what are you most excited about? What are you, what uh, keeps you hopeful and alive and, and expecting great things for the future? Yeah. Yeah, I think about those continued iron sharpening relationships. As you know, I, I love to write. And so I have two new books um, that we coming out in 2021. And with one of those in particular, there were some things that I thought, you know, it could be a little controversial. I sent the entire manuscript to over a dozen biblical counseling leaders and friends. And I said, be like a professor now, you know, put red ink on this. <laughs> Let me know about the wording. Uh, uh, ways I can change and improve this. So just to have those sort of relationships with people that I know there's mutual respect, and yet they're not going to hold back if they think things need to change. I even had one of those good friends really pushing back on the proposed title. Uh, and because of that, I had a meeting last week with our with my publisher, and we, we changed the title. Uh, this friend was like, I really like the content, but I think that title's going to... Uh, turn some folks off and and be misunderstood. So to have somebody care enough to really put that out there. So just in my own life, that's an example of those iron sharpening, iron sort of relationships. And I just want to see those continue and expand. And, you know, people use the the idea of, of team, and I even forget the acronym, T-E-A-M, at several of the uh, leadership retreats, uh, summits, I used a different one, TON, T-O-N. Uh, together others notice. And that goes back to that idea that somebody may not buy a book from an individual biblical counselor, especially if they're outside kind of the BC world. But as I mentioned earlier, we've got people from different evangelical seminaries requiring Christ-centered biblical counseling and and our other collaborative books. And and that idea that together others notice. Uh, We don't only want to strengthen the existing biblical counseling movement, we want to expand. 
the biblical counseling movement, because we really do believe scriptures are sufficient. They are richly relevant. And we want pastors being trained in Bible colleges, Christian universities, uh, seminaries, Christian graduate schools to be exposed to uh, just that robust look at how the Bible has God's eternal answers to our daily issues. Uh, so I'm excited about just the movement continuing to expand through through your leadership, the leadership of the board, the leadership of uh, uh, the council board, and all the folks that are writing blog posts and book reviews. And it's a large team now that you have when you put all those folks together. I'm excited about how God will use everybody. Amen. Amen. So am I. Well, our time is up. So, Bob, thanks so much for being with us today. Great to be with you, Curtis. Thank you. And to our audience, if you appreciated this podcast, be sure to go out and tell others about it and share online. Give us a rating and review. And if you love the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition and want to see us move forward beyond this 10th anniversary to many more ahead, please jump online to our website and make a donation there to help further this ministry. Thank you so much for being with us on 1514. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.